Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. It happened one year. Is now in session. The Honorable uh, Sarah uh, is presiding. I don't really say your last name on the show. You don't. I, I've said it once. And it, and I left. I, I let it slide through. I, yeah, you let it slide through. I think I oh. meant. I think I. But I said it in reference to my dad. I think I don't even think it was. It was oh. my own. Yeah, I think I yeah, said his name. That could be. Um. But yeah. Oh yay. Oh yay. Oh hey. What's up, guys? <laughs> it's time for a new episode. Hey. So hey. Uh, again, we back in the day, we recorded some test episodes before we had started yeah. doing the show proper. I think just to see if we could get along while we were recording that we didn't just start biting each other's heads off about laundry. That wasn't it. We wasn't know that we it? get a No, we're we're adorable actually. I think that was I think the concern was we would start recording and then we would just start arguing about what we were going to have for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't work around that. Like, or who has done the most cleaning in the last week? I think that's typically what we argue about. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think but, that was the concern. Can we stay yes. on topic long enough to do a show? And of course we could because we are adorable. But a year ago, like, who knew? I don't even handle joking implications that we are not adorable. Like we're adorable. Okay, look, at we get along very well. I don't know that the casual people who saw us on the street would be like, they're adorable. They'd be like, these people are idiots. <laughs> they're just they walking laughing say- loudly at their own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at a minimum, they would say both. I will oh. accept both of those, but not one or the other. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yes, we recorded some test episodes and Joe earlier was telling us like, was telling us, by us, I mean me, um, what were those topics that we covered? And the first one he mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then he mentioned this one and I was like, I do not remember talking about that at all. I literally have no idea what we say in this episode. So no. I, I hope we don't get too, I don't know, inflammatory. I don't even yeah. know. But this, uh, this apparently is us discussing the 2000 presidential election, the Bush-Gore also- election. Which is interesting because also at the beginning, we were worried that we would alienate listeners by being too political, which went out the window fairly quickly. But these were test episodes. Like, how did we talk Bush Gore and not get political? Like, well, I mean, I I assume, well, I guess we're going to find out, but I assume we did. There was never any intention to release these. These were just things we had. These these were tests, like literal tests. So we'll see. But uh, if you get offended, you know, write in because that'll be fun. Yeah. Let us know. Because that'll make a big difference to us. <laughs> you and your offended ass. Get out of here. We don't care about your politics, listeners, but also <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you're stuck along and you're on the right side of things. Aren't yeah. you? You better be. Did you go to CPAC? Then you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, okay. Enjoy. In fact, we are almost out of time, so I will instead ask each candidate to sum up in a single word the best argument for his candidacy. Governor Bush? Strategery. (laughs) Vice President Gore? Lockbox. Welcome to the new show. Wait, what? It's a show where we discuss what happened at some point. I don't have a distinct recollection of what the primary season was like in 2000. I don't really think it was that involved. Everybody knew Al Gore 
was going to be the Democratic nominee. I don't remember yeah. anybody really being against him. I, I assume somebody was. Yeah. But I don't have any recollection of who that person might have been in 2000. I don't either. I remember that being the first time that I really thought about the fact that a vice president could run for president. Mm. And it just seemed sort of obvious to me. I mean, yeah. I can't say I was reading a lot of news back then, but like it it just seemed to make sense that that is something. And I thought that happened more, I guess. I thought that was just what happened. Yeah, I think in if you go back from 2000, you know, you go back 40 years, that actually did happen a fair amount. Like Nixon mm -hmm. ran, Humphrey ran, uh, you know, Bush ran. You know, there, there are instances, there were more instances. I think in recent years, you don't have it as much because you had Cheney who was sold and then Biden who was sold that they never were naturally considered to run. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting because I think Biden would have run. It wasn't that he was old. I think that we would have continued that, but it was it was Bo. Like it was that it was his no. life situation. But I think I think that absolutely would have continued potentially yeah. Yeah. Um, if he I, were willing to do it. I just don't think that it was like an, as automatic a thing after yeah. once you got into Cheney, because Cheney was just such an odd figure that yeah. it didn't seem like it was such a natural thing. Right. But in 2000, I think that I don't remember. I didn't follow politics real, real well in 2000. Like I wasn't a, a, a student of it. I don't know that I still mm -hmm. am, but like I at least pay a lot more attention now. Yeah. But in 2000, I don't remember a real strong other Democratic candidate. I remember mm -hmm. Bush having debates. And that's where like a lot of jokes would come in because Bush clearly was like not super bright politically, yeah. but he was very casual and and kind of likable. And like that yeah. was his whole deal, right? Do you remember who else was in the Republican primaries? I, I want to say McCain might have run in 2000. Oh, yeah, that makes I sense. I could be just guessing, but I, I feel like he was in the mix for a number of elections before mm -hmm. he actually, I think he was though, because like he hosted Saturday Night Live in like 2004 Mm -hmm. or 2003 and like i don't think he didn't primary bush so i but i know he had run for president at that point yeah so i'm pretty sure that that's true because that was yeah. what was so weird because i remember there being a sketch where like he was playing himself on like the tim russert uh meet mm -hmm. the press or something mm -hmm. and he's they're asking if he would run in 2020 and he's saying he would be 90 you know and like this was so outrageous <laughs> like, you know. but i remember well, that so like it must have been pretty early 2000s right yeah but some but like i think there were other people but i re i wasn't like 2016 where the republicans had 20 people, yeah. or, or the or the democrats in 2020 like they have this huge yeah. group, right so when it boiled down to just bush and gore and they they didn't have super distinct policies considering that they were you know democrats and republicans like they weren't super far apart i don't think big yeah. national politics had gotten to that point quite yet yeah the fact that then it you know railroads into this basically deadlock election yeah. Um, and I remember like when that came up, that seemed like we're never going to have an election as crazy as this again. Like, yeah. cause I remember the rest of my life, the, the, the president was chosen on election day. You, you didn't have anything stretched beyond election. Day. No, like it was still basically like we can count the votes and we can get there. And even that election, like they did call it for Bush. They called they it for Bush in the middle of the night and Gore conceded. And then they uncalled it and Gore unconceded. That's the whole story where yeah, Gore yeah, calls yeah. him and like takes back his concession. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what happened. But like, it I was because they got overzealous about Florida. Like they right. didn't. They called Florida so early. Yeah. Even though like that, I mean, it's hard to say in the end, but like that probably was legitimate. At least it was legitimate the way that the whole thing turns out. Mm -hmm. But that dragged on for like six weeks, eight weeks. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was into December. Into December before it was yeah. actually settled. And yeah. Um, yeah, like that struck me as just at the time the craziest election 
I mean, I didn't think of national election just being that bizarre before yeah. that. Like that just seems so impossible and so, you know, badly run and 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 just botched an event yeah. election I mean, until really, we got into yeah. 2016 and 2020. But like up until that point. You know? Well, so I think the interesting thing about 2004 in light of 2020 is that you know, what we've said about 2020 is there was kind of a an attack on our norms, but that the systems generally held up to get us to the right outcome. Whereas in 2000, in 2000, like part of the counting was halted because there was some protest at the like city hall or wherever some county was counting their votes in yeah. and they didn't finish. And so they just called, they just left it what it was, which was for Bush. And like things like that could have turned the election and the Supreme court like stopped the counting. So, so we actually don't, I don't know that we know for sure that that was actually the right answer, but oh, that's no. just the answer. Right. And so I think, you know, we kind of say in 2020, like through the worst assaults, we know that our systems can hold. But I think 2000 is the example that our systems don't hold. Like, right. and I don't think they did in that situation. And I know you and I have had this conversation before, but it is amazing to think how different the world would be now if that had gone the other way. And it easily could have. Yeah. Um, which I think is the most remarkable thing about the 2000 election that we all sort of lived through and then put behind us. But it, it was a moment where our world just like literally turned on a dime. Yeah. I mean, there is a weird trickle down effect through history from 2000, more so than most elections. Like the mm -hmm. other real close contested elections, there's not many, but like 1960, I don't know that Nixon winning in 60 necessarily changes a lot, mainly because he does become president eventually. But like the early 60s, even though maybe the Civil Rights Act gets pushed back some, you know, Lyndon Johnson never becomes president. But then, I mean, John Kennedy is still alive. So who becomes president in 68? Yeah. And then does it basically all fall into a place? It, it, the, do the 60s as we know them actually just get delayed a little bit? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Did the 70s mm -hmm. become the 60s? But with 2000, yeah, like, I mean, because the world changes so much. Mm -hmm. in the first year of the Bush presidency and then yeah. has never gone back. Like we're all, it's besides just the general way we live, but like hyper-nationalism and the extreme extreme yeah, yeah. right and militias and, and, and all of that kind of super patriotism and stuff like that. That all springs from Bush winning that election more so than from 9-11 because of yeah. the way he handled it, right? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Like if you think about Bush's narrative around 9-11 though, it wasn't, I, I don't think... I don't know how anyone else could have handled the narrative differently, right? Like when something like that happens, you kind of have to say everything that he said. Like you kind of have yeah. to say, we're going to go after it. We're going to, but it was the strategy that, that sat under his messaging that I think kind of exacerbated the, like it didn't pull us back to, we stand taller and bigger because this happened to us and we look at the world in XYZ way that is open and forgiving. And I don't know, I don't know what the right words are, but like, it was this like perpetual, we're going to take this and use it to get us into a number of different wars. And we're going right. to use it to justify things that aren't related to nine yeah. 11. Um, and we're going to use it to justify you know, violating what we believe in from a how we treat prisoner standpoint, from a how we treat other, you know, and I think I think it's more it, it's not just what he said to the country over the next four years, but it is what we did and justified with 9-11 that I think we wouldn't have had in a Democratic presidency. No, that's true. I mean, and that's that's sort of more what I was pointing to is the idea that 
No, in the moment, 9-11, like that's basically what you do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's like Pearl Harbor, like the way you have to approach it has to be national unity. We're going to get the perpetrators and, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that. But it's the way that it goes about. So hypothetically, Gore wins the election, right? 9-11 still happens. I don't see how mm-hmm. what difference that would make. Yep. We, I assume Afghanistan is still a war. I don't I don't really mm-hmm. see how you get out of that, even though. Yeah. I don't know that in, I don't remember how intelligence actually laid out for Afghanistan initially, because I don't know how often Osama bin Laden was actually in Afghanistan. He was mostly in Pakistan, right? Isn't that kind of the universal accepted story? I, I don't know. I feel like at the time, at the time, the narrative was that he was in Afghanistan. And I right. thought that was true. I could be wrong. I always thought that the, I, I mean, I, I thought that what really drove that was the Taliban because the Taliban was so oppressive yeah. and so, you know, such a, a a monolithic villain that they could throw that out there. I don't know how much Osama bin Laden was actually connected with Taliban policy or anything. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't actually know that that's true. But I think more to the point, the entire Iraq war is because of Bush. Oh. That has nothing to do with 9-11. Yeah. So none of that happens, right? Yeah. And then I think to some degree, the Patriot Act never happens either, or at least yep. not to the extreme that it goes in. Yep. And the Patriot Act is really what changed everything, like yeah. for basic domestic life, like yeah. outside of the war and, and things like that, that, that would drag on forever. I mean, that was the real key thing that I think really like now is the thing we can point back to and keep saying this was actually the the outcome of 9-11 that the terrorists wanted, right? <laughs> like yeah. Because the Patriot Act so locked the country into this thing. You know, yeah. just mindset wise and an actual practice, you know. So I don't know that I know that much about this. What did the Patriot like? What's the impact of the Patriot Act? Well, I think it was really just changed? more like the, the universal's kind of surveillance and that how it, it kind of gave the government and the military sort of carte blanche to do, you know, the kind of surveillance things and the kind of actions that they they felt were necessary. So then it became like suspending a lot of basic freedoms and then couple that with the fact that the real pure, the, the true internet age as we understand it really starts after that. Like up until mm-hmm. that point, yeah, you have websites and shit, but we don't have, you know, computers in our pockets all the time. Right. Right. And so because of, I think the Patriot Act, that's when it became like, you've got to really be careful of what you're saying and where you're saying it. And every, you, you've got to assume that anything you say digitally or do out in the world can be observed by somebody because all kinds of sus- like freedoms and such were suspended, you know, mm-hmm. and have never totally come back as I understand it. Like the Patriot Act still has teeth. I think that's still a real thing. Yeah. But that's what I always really like. They're, like you used to need warrants to do everything police wise. Yeah. And I don't really think that's the case anymore. Like I think it's, it's pretty much, it's the wild west for, for law enforcement. You know, it's so interesting to look at that in the light of the last, I, I know we were trying to keep this to the 2000 election, but in the light of the last four years and in particular the last six months, yeah. because theoretically, like with the Patriot Act in place and with the protection of our democracy as like, and our, our country as the shining light that the Patriot Act is built under, we still had the the like right wing underground parlor like planet open planning of an insurrection and storming of the capital and storming of state capitals and like yeah. trying to overthrow the government that we did we didn't do anything about like right. uh, and so it's hard for me cognitively to draw the line between where we were then and where we are today and how and I wonder if it's a if it's a your team, my team situation, like yeah. where it's, 
you know, on the same side of the people who built the Patriot Act. And so, you know, we care about some things that we don't care about others. Right. No, I mean, I think that's totally it. Like, I think there's a difference between preventing international terrorism, because really, since 9-11, they've done a pretty good job of locking down foreign terrorism in America. That that is not really something that exists anymore. Yeah. But domestic terrorism if you have the wrong party in power, they don't believe it's a thing. They don't think that's even something that exists. Like this is just ultra nationalism. And just like, we've got to like defend ourselves and we've got to be prepared for anything that could happen. And so that leads to this extreme xenophobic, you know, which really what I think Patriot Act was originally supposed to be directed outwards is now directed just towards everybody's towards each other. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think things like the insurrection can come about. There should be, you know, a, a way to point to like, this is how we could have stopped the insurrection because we have the Patriot Act, but it's not directed towards those people. I mean, yeah. the FBI apparently not surveilling militias or these sort of groups. But I mean, if if Black Lives Matter protesters were trying to organize taking down a state government on the internet, I think you can believe that they would have figured out a way to stop yeah. it because they're looking for shit like that. Yeah. You know? like, well, I mean, the other thing is the FBI did know about it. Like the FBI knew about it and flagged it. Just not taking just- things seriously no one took any action on it. Like that was the challenge. Like, but there's, there've, there's been reports since the insurrection, the FBI flagged to Capitol police that this was a thing that might happen. And again, you have the wrong party in power. Yeah. I mean, there's stories going back in, in the summer of uh, 2001 that they knew that there was something being planned for like a September 11th type attack, but they, I either they and this is, you know, again, this is under a Republican president, but like you can go back into the Clinton years and see that mm-hmm. they had intelligence like they knew who Osama bin Laden was like this wasn't like yeah. a surprise, you know. Yeah. But there is something to that. It's like, how serious do you want to take these things? How much do you want to do this yeah. stuff? Uh, I mean, and like 9-11 is a huge failure in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But this I mean, this thing in January that that is a little bit more like, well, but, you know, are these people really going to do this like? Yeah. And I think that's where this shit slides through the cracks. Well, so I, I that's interesting because the, the thing that I always heard about 9-11 is, is the, you know, yes, agree, huge failure across the board, but that there are so many threats that come into the U.S. every day that it can be hard to know which ones are real and which ones aren't. Like, yeah. and that this one was credible, but that they didn't like foresee the, how far along the plot was, how realistic it was, like, fine, like. A poor, a, like poorly planned, poorly, you know, execute, like they should have seen it coming. Yeah. But like, there's a rationale as to why not that isn't malicious. Whereas right. with, I think the insurrection, like these people have stormed capitals before. Like this is, yeah. this was not a new thing. It was, a, it felt more like a willful ignorance of the intelligence around what was likely to happen. And I think the, the number of Capitol police that have been, arrested or investigated or yeah. suspended in connection yeah. to this it's is dozens right now it's dozens yeah, yeah. and so i i don't think it's a like 9-11 is probably a like a failure in the context of the system that is complicated but like they sh- we should have had the capability to foresee yeah and this is like a it feels like a willful like allowance of this kind of behavior and of this yeah you know, very dangerous event. It's just, I think we're just in a very different place where like as a country, we've built this right wing group that is so permeating every part of our society and is so like, it's everywhere and it's heavy in law enforcement and it's heavy in those kinds of occupations that, you know, 
where there are a lot of white males, like that it actually damages our systems that are supposed to protect us from this. Right. No, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think that it's, it's, it's trickier if you really look at January 6th and try to see it as what if this wasn't this planned attack? What if this was the, the sort of the narrative that the, that the, the conservatives try to push this idea that this was something that just kind of sprung naturally from that rally and yeah. is then spearheaded by a couple a- a- aggressive types. Right. Yeah. And I guess you can kind of make that argument. Like if you look at the rally, like, yeah, Bush fire or Trump, Bush Trump, like <laughs> fires everybody up with the Trumpian yeah. shit he says, but it's not that different than stuff he says at a lot of rallies. Like this wasn't yeah. that extreme. It's just that it happens to be down the street yeah. and he says, let's go march to the Capitol. Like that, yeah. that's the worst part. And that this is going on. The counting is going on at the Capitol at the same time. Yeah. But like, so you can sort of, I can sort of see that logic if you're really trying not to see that this was a planned thing, but like then yeah. the fact that there is this existing stuff, yeah. you know, this existing intelligence that this was clearly something that, and that the, the, the thing in Michigan had just happened yeah. not that long before that. Well, so it's um, funny. I actually think the conservative, the conservative argument is what you just articulated because they're trying to, they're trying to protect Trump. Yeah. So they say this is a small group that planned this and that it's them that like fired everyone up and got the like mob mentality going and Trump had nothing to do with it yeah. because the, the because there is evidence that it was preplanned. Right. I think what that misses is the idea that Trump was it wasn't just the January 6th speech that that spun this up. It was months and months and months and years, actually. Yeah. Of so like he said before the election, he said in the summer that if he lost, then the only way he was going to lose is that it was rigged and it was a false right. election and it was fraud and blah, blah, blah. He blah, said blah. that in 2016. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So it, but it, but it's interesting in that, like, the conservative argument has to has depends on who they're defending right if they're defending trump then it's a small planned thing that was happening pre you know ahead of time but if they're defending like QAnon people then it's trump and or it's liberals that got people fired like it's so stupid it's antifa yeah and so it's just i mean there's no logic to any of it yeah which is the problem does the January 6th insurrection happen if Al Gore wins in the year 2000? Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, the I think the question, the the thing about January 6th is it doesn't happen if we don't have Obama. And if right. we have Al Gore, I don't know that we have Obama, at least not when we had him. Probably you know? not when we had him. No, I mean, yeah. you've got to figure if Gore did win in 2000, like, and this is just basically going on history, back to back two-term presidents in the same party don't happen. So, like, you have to figure Gore loses in 2004. Yeah. With the election being that close, does Bush run again in 2004? Gore didn't run in 2004, so it's hard to say, right? But then 2004 happens. Maybe McCain becomes president. He's still Mm -hmm. in the mix. You know, do you you definitely have a two-term president if there's no war? Because you got to figure it's the only reason Bush really got reelected, right? Yeah. And then at what point does Obama actually slot into this? It maybe is only 2012. It's maybe not that much later. Yeah. But then, you know, <laughs> there's a global pandemic still. Like, you know what I mean? There's still stuff that's yeah. going to happen. So it's kind of hard to say. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know that like I don't know that the Trump always had to follow Obama. Like, was that just the, the country was destined for that? If if Obama really is the figure of destiny that he seemed like he is. Like, yeah. does that actually, does he, does Trump have to exist in that world? I actually think Trump has to exist independent of Obama. I do think that 
that Obama probably accelerated some of this, but I think Trump or a Trump exists no matter what because of what's been happening on the right since Clinton. Like, I think, I mean, Rush Limbaugh died this week. Like, going back to him and his show, like, I think that path gets us to a Trump at some point. Newt Gingrich, Contract with America. Yep, yep, whole thing. Yeah, all of that. I, you know, I think that gets us to a Trump, the Fox News, like. Yeah. So would you necessarily say that Obama is the direct reason for Trump or is it Hillary? I mean, Hillary doesn't exist without Obama either, but it's still the same yeah. idea. Like, was the Trump election in response to Obama more than it is in response to Hillary? I actually wait, I'm going to back up for a second because I don't think Hillary doesn't exist without Obama because Hillary was running for president when he was running for president. Right. Right. Like, but but, I mean, along the same basic timeline with everything else being equal, Obama still beats Hillary. Right. Even if it's 2012 or whenever. Are we following the timeline where Obama still like we're not going back further than that, where Obama doesn't happen at the same time? I mean, I, I think that you can you can rejigger the elections in 2004 and 2008 based on the on if Gore were to win in 2000. But beyond that, it's a kind of a stretch, you know, like, again, I think Obama is a figure of destiny. I think he had to come. He was coming either way. And he was such a big presence that there's he's kind of unavoidable, you know? Yeah. And so I think I, yeah, that he okay. runs for president one way or the other. I don't know that he would run in 2008 because I think that that would probably have been the second term of who whatever Republican was elected in 2004. Yeah. And you don't usually see a great candidate come in at that point. Yeah. Thus, we have like Joe Biden. It's this, it's just whoever's around, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. more in reaction to the sitting president than that person's being, yep. you know, their inherent greatness. Okay. I think what I was tripping over is you don't have Hillary without Obama. I think you, you do. I think if Obama didn't exist, like didn't come along at the time, if he was four years later, you still would have Hillary running. Yeah. I don't know. You don't have necessarily like the perfect storm of 2016 Trump Hillary. Yeah. With, you know, I don't know how that's related, but I think she was on a path before he was part of the equation. But you think, okay, so then let's say Obama becomes president, but Hillary's never in the cabinet. You think Hillary runs for president based on her just being a senator at some point, but not no, being in the cabinet? I mean, she did in 2008, but I, I think her being secretary of state definitely is part of what pushed her to run again. Like well, that's that what gave I mean her cred to run again. Yeah. That's what I mean is that there's no Hillary without Obama is because her, her, her career is built on Obama's at the end of her career leading up to her running for president is built on Obama's presidency. Well, don't forget she ran in 2008 though. Like, oh, and she lost, but that's my point is that like to actually get the nomination to actually get to that final. Point. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I get it. So that's what you I know, mean. Though. I'm a little sensitive about that topic. I think, you know, um, <laughs> but I'm so- just saying like, do you think the Trump election is more in was is more opposite the Obama administration or the fact that he was running against Hillary and that people didn't want to vote for Hillary? Yeah, I I think maybe he was bolstered in 2016 because people didn't want to vote for Hillary. I think he would have been like he was on a path to be running before they knew she was going to be the nominee. Um, And so I think I think him running is more a response to Obama. Him winning is probably a combination. Like, I I don't think it's I think it's very hard to say which it's more of because. I think they fit together to your point, like Hillary and Obama go hand in hand. Yeah. They talked about Hillary as like a third term of Obama. And so, which would have been great, but the, but I think that like, it's hard to, to pull them apart. I think they had shared, but independent contributions. Like I think he ran because he was able to, to, sow. one of the reasons he ran is he was able to sow hatred and 
stir up people's racism and whatever related to Obama. But I think a part of the reason he won is because he was running against a woman, like, and yeah. he was able to like feed into people's sexism. And so I, I don't think you can peel those things apart. That's fair. I was just trying to see like, cause again, like I think that there's a difference for a while. And then I think more or less the rest of history probably plays out the same. Like, I, I don't know why it would, why there'd be some big swing, you know, it's yeah. the same thing with like, if Nixon beat Kennedy in 60, yeah. Then Nixon becomes the third term of Eisenhower. So Nixon's probably going to lose in 64. Yeah. Does Kennedy run again in 64? You know, like, and then it's the same. But then, like, once you get to a certain point, it becomes yeah. kind of the same thing. Yeah. You Nixon's not president during the end of Vietnam. But is Vietnam even going on if Nixon's president in the first place? It's hard to say. Yeah. You know, you have to believe that there's some error in the details of the of the year to year. But that overall, the trajectory of the country goes right. basically in the same direction. Right. And that's what I mean. Like the Civil Rights Act still happens. It probably yeah. happens a little later. Yeah. And then then what does the rest of the 70s look like? Because Watergate never happens. And then it sort of goes from yeah. there. You know, but I think like, it's too hard to think about it being yeah. anything radically different. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely too hard to predict, but it's also just like, there are certain figures that come along and you figure they have to become president. Yeah. Um, Reagan, Clinton, Obama, like that just makes sense. You know, yeah. as far as anything else happening in this path, you know, yeah, it is interesting to look at 2000 because it is that really close election. Yeah. So this of course all comes back to 2000 and Which really, it all comes actually back to 1994. <laughs> it was the contract with America it was Rush Limbaugh. It was Newt Gingrich. So. Yeah, it happened one year. Two weeks ago, at a meeting of the Economic Club of Detroit, you said the following, quote, More seldom than not, the movies gives us exquisite sex and wholesome violence that underscores our values. Every two child did. I will. End quote. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Pass. <laughs>